0: All right, so this is Cat Daily. This is the first ever episode of Cat Daily, where it's me, Christian Cat. I'm just gonna give you a rundown on all the things that I find important, which you probably won't at all. But that's okay. Using this as an excuse to get out of the real world, because the real world sucks, dick right now. The real world fucking blows. Like if you watch the news right now, you were actually a psychopath. In today's day and age, when you can just look at your phone. See, okay, my state's legislation says I can go outside in two weeks. That's all you need. That's If you're watching the news and forming opinions based on talking heads for politics and stuff right now, you want to torture yourself. You will get so worked up on one hour of CNN, of Fox News, on any of their programming. You do not like happiness. And that is why myself, Christian Cat, am here to bring you fun stuff to talk about. Sports, lots of sports. I'm an unemployed right now, so I have a lot of vacant time on my hands. But yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to talk fun, talk about stuff that doesn't actually matter in the grand scheme of things. And that brings me to my first point. If you classify yourself as a car person, a car guy, a car girl, you're a loser. You are such a loser. (laughs) there's people in my area that i guess they squat up they all soup up their 98 camrys they put some new mufflers on some new rims and they squat up outside of a hibachi restaurant a big parking lot and they just line their cars up to do what i don't know all i see is their hoods propped up i see snapchat stories of them just walking past that's a sick soup Thanks, bro. You know, I uh, just put some new spoilers on it. It looks sick. I don't understand what they actually do there. I really don't. Because I understand everyone has their own hobbies and stuff like that. But it's always these people that get these rundown cars. They spend a good chunk of change for it. Cause you can't really get a drivable car that makes sense for less than, I don't know, like two, three grand. And that's really lowballing. But they spend a lot of money on these things. They spend money on these, uh, kind of like average cars and they put a lot they put tons and tons of more money into improving this car so that they can go into a size measuring contest with a bunch of other dudes at the local parking lot. And then sometimes they race. I saw a race last weekend where a car like was trying to drift, trying to impress his pals and he just crashed and like, he was okay. I'm pretty sure, but he just crashed. Like it just didn't make any sense. These powwows where these buddies just go out, hang out, and just show off their cars. They just rev them. Like let me see a purr. Because like car shows in general, I understand when you got these like like guys making 500k a year and they can car collect and stuff like that. That kind of makes sense. I don't know. There's history involved with it. These are cars that you're not going to see driving down the road. You go to a car show to see these rare vehicles. But no, we see. Uh, we see Tyler from Montgomery, New York has this sick 07 Subaru Outback with a spoiler. But wait, there's more. New rims, new headlights, and windows. I'm glad you asked. They are tinted. Those are tinted as fuck windows. They're not legal. He's going to get pulled over. He's going to get a ticket and he's going to bitch about it. But damn it. Those windows are tinted as fuck. You cannot see shit through those windows. You cannot see shit through those windows. Tyler from Montgomery, I applaud you and your Subaru Outback that is just souped up to the nines. You go through a GTA garage and you just select everything you want. You build your Subaru Outback to as much as you want for those minutes of glory. That night of glory on a night hot Saturday night. You got a couple four locos in the trunk. You got the boys. You got a nice tune on the radio and you got your Subaru Outback. I just don't understand it. I really do not understand car people at all. Because this seems like a hobby that you need to be relatively wealthy to be in, Like, right? Like someone my age, most people my age, like a middle uh, income area, like it doesn't make sense for them to be in that hobby. It's kind of a hobby you kind of pick up when you're a grown adult or when you're retired, but no, they've gotten to the hobby early. They beat us all to it. It's just amazing. It really is. If you soup up your car at the age of 22 years old, I don't know what to say to you. I really don't. Aren't we all in the same boat here? At least that's the illusion I paint for myself, is that we're all kind of trying to make it. Like, no one really makes good money yet. I mean, there's a select few that have really rich parents, really rich upbringing, or got that dynamite job out of college. But aren't we all just trying to, like, make it now? But people are blowing loads of cash just loads of cash on these cars not great cars just average Toyota Camrys a 2011 Mazda if you're lucky but it's amazing but car people if you're a car person please talk to me please educate me i guess i, was, I am ignorant to the fact of all of this if you're a car person and you've lasted this long into my my uh, rants about car people I applaud you, first of all, because, I mean, it took a lot of gall to listen. It took a lot of balls to actually listen to me and just trash on your hobby that you probably spent a lot of time, a lot of money doing. If you're still listening, good for you. Uh, you're a better man than I. But still, please talk to me. Educate me. Because I will never, I will never go to a parking lot, bunch of guys, cars lined up. I just won't do that. It makes no sense. Just seamless transition. What the fuck are the Steelers doing? Because Steelers fans, at least, have talked themselves into that Big Ben's going to come back next year and just like nothing ever happened. He's just going to run it back. Because of what we saw, like, less than four games of Big Ben last year. He didn't have Bell. Bell. Didn't have Brown, of course. I mean, that was the first year post-Triple-B montage, and Big Ben's going to come back on the scene. Juju Smith-Schuster as his number one. Defense is great. The Steelers' defense is great. But I tell you what, the Steelers really messed up last year. I thought they were a very well-run organization, and they are a well-run organization. I thought Mike Tomlin was the problem. And in years past, it's hard to point the finger at anyone but Mike Tomlin. I know their secondary was trash for a couple years. It kind of took them out of contention in the AFC. It just put the Patriots above them when they were in their prime. But what are the Steelers doing? They had an opportunity there. I mean, they lost Ben for the year. They didn't have a capable backup. Well, they learned a couple games in that Mason Rudolph wasn't a capable backup. To be the heir to Big Ben's throne. They have a great defense. They couldn't have tanked for a year. If they lost four more games, they're in the five spot. And the five spot got Tua Tungo Vailoa as their first round pick. And I know they made the trade for Minga Fitzpatrick, getting rid of their first round pick. And it made sense. I mean, Steelers fans kind of talked themselves into it making sense. And a lot of the, the uh, NFL fans, like, they made, it made sense. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick, had, Minka Fitzpatrick had a fantastic year last year. He really did. He's probably the most valuable defensive player that we saw last year. I mean, he was balls to the wall. So many interceptions, a couple of pick sixes. One was about 95 yards. Minka Fitzpatrick played great last year. And it didn't translate to a, a successful season, ultimately, because they didn't have a good quarterback. But they had the opportunity to really rebuild and reload on a dime. Because that defense still would have been great without Mika Fitzpatrick. But instead of old-ass Ben Roethlisberger with an injury on every part of his body, you could have had Young Buck, Tua Tungvaluwa. And don't talk about the injuries with Tua with me. He's fine. Everyone around him has been said that he's fine. Everyone non-partial to Alabama, to Miami has said he's fine. Tua is going to be an impact player in this league. You give Tua a couple of the weapons on the Steelers, it would have been game over. The Steelers could have had a chance to contend with the Ravens for the division, but now it's not going to happen. bens We're going to see very soon that you can't just come back from an elbow injury in one year when you're that old, when you have that many problems like Big Ben does, when you're going to come back without the weapons that he was used to having. And yes, Big Ben was great. Big Ben has been praised, and rightfully so, But he had a lot of weapons around him. Antonio Brown was the MVP. He didn't get the award, but he was the MVP the last year, the last full season that he played with the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell was the best running back in his time with the Steelers. He really was. And Judy Smith-Schuster was one of the best number two wide receivers in the NFL in his time when Antonio Brown was there. But Big Ben's going to come back. Juju's your number one, no more AB, no more Le'Veon Bell, and don't tell me James Conner is going to do anything. James Conner is not nearly the running back that Le'Veon Bell was. They should have tanked for Tua. The Steelers should have tanked for Tua. That defense is nasty. T.J. Watt is an impact player. They had an opportunity there. They really did to take a one-year reset. A one-year reset because they see right now the Ravens really are kind of in a different class, a different league than the Steelers, even with the Steelers' defense. We saw it in the last week of the year when the Ravens played the Steelers. They didn't start their starters. You had RG3 and Trace McSorley taking snaps instead of Lamar Jackson, and they still lost. The Steelers really messed up last year. I understand what they were trying to do. I mean, they're trying to improve on their defense, count on Big Ben coming back, and see where it gets them. I guess that's what they were trying to do. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. They could have rebuilt right there in one season. You see what you have on defense. You see you have something special. All it was four more losses. But no, they were stuck in no man's land. They were stuck. No first-round pick. No playoffs. No quarterback for the future. It's going to be the end. It really is. I mean... The Browns look like they're building something, and obviously it's a we'll wait and see. Once we see it from the Browns, then we can count on them going into a season, but no one's going to count on the Browns. If you count on the Browns to do something going into next season, you're a moron. You really are. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Except 25 times over. I mean, had the Browns fooled anyone? I guess they did going into last season. They fooled a lot of people. I mean, they were the leading ticket for Super Bowl winner going into last season, and we saw what happened. We saw what happened when you put all your eggs in that Baker Mayfield basket. So I guess you can't really count the Browns as a contender, and I mean, can't, I shouldn't even say contender, for a formidable franchise. I mean, if they go 9-7, that's a real victory for a season with the new playoff uh the new playoff rules, and might get him a playoff spot. Who knows? But, I mean, the Ravens have this division in hand right now. It's hard to see it going to anyone else because Joe Burrow has no one in front of him. I mean, he has no line. But Joe Burrow's going to get mauled. There's an opportunity there for a second playoff spot. And the Steelers are going to try to roll out with old Ben Roethlisberger, and I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work at all. And this brings me to a second point with Mike Tomlin. How Mike Tomlin didn't even make it to a Super Bowl with Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell is hilarious, right? We can all agree on that. There's a reason that Mike Tomlin is perpetually on the hot seat. But then last year, he does a lot with a little, wins a lot of games with a bad quarterback, and it's kind of a a clean slate now, right? It's going to be very bad for the future of that franchise it's going to be tough because you can't erase what he did in years past because of one season where he did a lot with a little but I think that's what's going to happen because he like he looked like he was going to be coach of the year I mean he really did he looked like they were playoff bound with no quarterback even though they didn't really beat many good teams but they were still beating okay teams they looked all right and they had no reason being there. They had a bailout, you know? No Bell, no Brown, no Ben. And they were still doing things, right? They were still winning games. But you still have the past. We still saw what Mike Tomlin couldn't do with talent. But when you don't give him talent, he does more with it. But this is in college. We're not going to reward Paul Crist for turning two and three stars into Big Ten West championships, right? This is the NFL. The talent pool is there for all. He had a large portion of the talent pool. Mike Tomlin was like Florida State in the last couple years, right? (laughs) Post-Jimbo Fisher, Florida State. That's what Mike Tomlin was doing with Ben, with Bell, with Brown. And then you give him less talent. You give him two and three stars. You give him Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph. A great defense, an SEC defense. But he does good things with it. You know, he wins some games. He puts a respectable product on the field. He does better than the Browns. So it's going to buy him some time. It is going to buy him some time. But is that what you want, Steeler fans? Do you want Wisconsin success? where you see great things that have lower talented guys, or do you want to see Alabama success? Do you want to see great talent maximized to the greatest potential? Because that's what Andy Reid's doing. That's what the heyday years the Patriots were doing. I'm not talking about the last Super Bowl. I'm talking about the Super Bowls in their past, because Belichick was the best of both worlds. I mean, he was turning nobodies into somebodies, and he was also turning elite town and utilizing them at their best but Mike Tomlin has cornered the Steelers into saying you guys wanted to fire me my back was against the wall I had no expectations of winning with what was handed to me and I did I won I won football games you know I wasn't trash (laughs) I wasn't the Browns I wasn't the Bengals I was the second best team in the in the AFC North and yet you I mean you guys wanted to fire me a couple years ago for the last f- several years, so I'm gonna be here to stay. It's a rough situation, man. It really, really is, because now the quarterback situation for the for the Steelers, it's Ben or bust. It really, I mean, if Big Ben doesn't come back to what he's supposed to be, what do you do? Is this like the last years of Joe Flacco? Except Big Ben has much more on field respect. I mean, Big Ben did great things on the field in his past. Joe Flacco had one fantastic, superb, unreplicatable season in that postseason. But, I mean, after that and before that, I mean, cool Joe was just kind of holding his team back in a way, you know. But Big Ben, you kind of got to ride or die with him. Especially with how he's held his team hostage in seasons past. How he's kind of created drama. He's outed other guys on his roster. You got to give Ben the reps you got to give him a full season. Could you imagine if Ben comes back, isn't himself? If Ben comes back, isn't better than Rudolph, better than Duck Hodges? You can't bench him then, so then you're stuck. The Steelers are in a tough, tough position, and I do not envy the Roonies for what they're going to have to do going into what's going to be a non-successful season in 2020. I mean, it's just not going to be. Big Ben, you can't go through an, an elbow surgery and come back like nothing ever happened with less weapons than we're used to having. So on to the next thing. And it's my favorite sport. It's my favorite league. The MLB needs to get something done. And I'm not necessarily taking a side on the players, on the owners. Because there's people out there that say... they It's a cop-out. It really is It's saying, well, I mean... When it comes to siding with the millionaires or the billionaires, I usually side with the millionaires because they're making less money. That's like their entire thought process is, well, these guys have all the power up here, and these guys have less power down here, so I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the guys with less power. And, you know, that doesn't make much sense. It just, I mean, you're just void of any external reasoning. So, like, the players are saying we had prorated salaries set up and you guys want to change that, want to make us the top guys, make 25% of the salary and make the top earning players look like the bad guys. That's really what it boils down to is earnings. The players are very offended. They're very mad. They really are just disgusted by this offer in general. And, I mean, Max Scherzer tweeted out last night that, like, we're just not going to entertain any of those offers. Like, like we're just not even going to talk about that at all. The, the players want uh, 100 plus games so they can get their full prorated salaries. That's really what they're going at for now. But like the thought process and the reasoning behind the owners was... So they're not only getting half the games played. So then you can justify... Alright, half games played, half salary. It sucks... But everyone else in America is struggling with employment, right? There is no beneficiary in the world of sports other than like e-gaming and the UFC and Daniel White who are doing a great job with this. There's no one really having a good time with this. So no one should be happy with the deal that's made. No one's going to get a fair shake in their mind. But, so that would be 50%. So that would be, it sucks, but the players would agree to that. But not only is this only 82 games, not only is this half a season of baseball, there's going to be no fans. So all of that revenue that they're used to, all those games throughout the spring, summer, and early fall, no fans. Concessions, uh, just merchandise, all of those sales that go in, ticket sales, all that stuff that goes in to those 162 games is not going to happen. They're not going to have that revenue. So the players are not going to get that share for the owners. You know, they're just going to cut that in half too to make it to about 25% uh, pay for the top earning players. And I think I speak for everyone here. And in a world where it's so divisive, where you're forced to take one side and one side only, and you scream it from the rooftops, you take your side and the other side can go to hell. I'm not going to take a side. And just as I criticize in the last minute or so people that are cop out and just say I root for the millionaires or the billionaires, I'm not going to take a side. Get it done. This is right now I'm turning this to baseball fans, sports fans versus baseball. Baseball owners, baseball players. Baseball owners, you guys make a lot of money. You can handle with one bad year. And the same goes For baseball players. I mean, this is a billion, multi billion dollar business. Everyone can make it happen. Make it happen if they can just swallow their pride. If they can just swallow their pride. Blake Snell, you're not risking your life. I'm sorry. You're not risking your life. Someone has to say, you're not risking your life playing baseball right now. Of all the people that are not risking their life, it is you. It is literally, there are essential workers out there on the front lines delivering packages to every single house, going to all these different places, traveling around the country, they're barely risking their lives too. You see the percentages, you see that kind of stuff. But if anyone's not risking their lives when doing their job, it'll probably be Blake Snell. They just need to swallow their pride. That's really what it comes down to. Owners make a lot of money. There's a lot of revenue. People will, I mean, if you can leverage how much demand is going to be for the MLB product. You really can. I mean, these broadcast networks are going to want to televise sports when sports are readily available. They really are. Especially when it's a mainstream sport. So you saw not really the incline of interest in UFC and NASCAR when those are sports that have persevered throughout the pandemic. But baseball is a mainstream sport. I mean, it's third fiddle to football, basketball, but then third comes baseball. There is that appeal. People will watch baseball. And especially in the 82-game proposal, it's going to make every game that much more important. It's going to make every game appointment television. I mean, it's simple math. Half the games, double the importance. And then people want to say, well, it will be an asterisk on whoever wins it all. You know, this season doesn't really matter. Who cares? Who really cares? Who cares? That's what I'm saying. Who cares? Get it done. Get a deal done. The people will watch baseball. The broadcast companies will pay to have these games on their networks. Get a deal done. I'm talking to the owners. I'm talking to the players. We, the public, and frankly, we, the media, just want a season to happen. That's all we want. And sue me. If the deal ends up not being fair to one side or the other, sue me. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. If Bryce Harper makes $5 million less than he probably should, sue me. I don't care. Am I wrong for that? Seriously, am I wrong for that? And then you scale it down to where the league minimum players, their cuts are significantly less percentage wise. I mean, if that's the one person you have to worry about, if those are the guys that are really going to take the hit, if you will, they're still going to be making good money. And I know they made agreed upon contracts, but there are clauses in those co- contracts that say. When there are circumstances, like a pandemic, when the season's games can't be played, you're not due that money. Make it happen, MLB. Make it happen, owners. The people just want to watch baseball. This country's pretty bleak right now. I mean, there's no fooling. This country is pretty bleak. They need something to watch on TV that won't give them a headache. So that's going to be all for Cat Daily, the first ever edition of Cat Daily. I hope to be keeping on doing this in the future. I, don't, I honestly, honestly don't even know. This could be two episodes a week. This could be three episodes a week. This could be four episodes a week. I have no idea. I'll promote every time I drop an episode on my Twitter at c That's at C-K-A-T-T Sports. Follow me there on Twitter and same at on Instagram. It should be around the same length. If I have an interview, I want to put together and show then i'll do that but yeah that was it we'll see you next time